This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we supposed to get married? I'm gonna just swipe left. I just want somebody to share my life with. The ick is a physical manifestation of something that is already subconsciously there. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Demona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another topical episode of Dates and Mates. We've got a fun one in store for you today. Okay. You know, we've all been there. The date's going well. You're thinking there may be a future here, and then they do that thing. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe it's talking with their mouth full or revealing that they don't like dessert. What? I mean, whatever it is, it's like a switch. It's an instant turnoff. It's the ick. (laughs) It's okay, though. It's just part of the dating journey. You're going to meet people who aren't quite a fit for you along the way, and hopefully you can learn from them, you can laugh, and you can move on. And that's exactly what our guests today have done. Anna Burt and Kitty Winks are here to talk about their new book, The Little Book of Ick, and they're going to help us break down how you can actually use Ick's to your advantage. But first, I've got a hot dish to serve you. Gen Zers want to date more organically. Some say Instagram brings them closer to that goal. I'll unpack that and, of course, sprinkle in some tips. And then later in Dear Demona, I'll address this question. A man who previously ghosted me just liked me on a dating app. Should I give him another chance? All right, let's get this car in gear, because it's time to dish. He's dating dish. NBC News reports that Gen Zers want to date more organically. Some say Instagram brings them closer to that goal. Pulse, which is a youth research firm, they did a study and they found that two in five young people, Gen Zers, said they met their partners through social media versus 29% who met their partners through dating apps. I don't want to turn this into a math lesson, but I'll just I'll just give you the snapshot of about a third of people are saying they're meeting their partners through dating apps, and about 20% are saying that they met their partners via social media. Where are the other percents? That's not what we're talking about today, because this is actually a much juicier headline than you might realize. I tend to look at a few things 
to guide you on your dating journey. First, of course, I look at the data. Like I have access to a lot of OkCupid data that shows us what the trends are. And we can kind of anticipate based on the trends and the behaviors, what people are going to be doing in dating in the next 6, 12, 18 months. The other thing that I often will look at is the youngest generation who are dating, Gen Z. Because a lot of times the technology or the behaviors or the trends or the attitudes they adopt will then sort of start to trickle down or trickle up or influence daters of other generations. So this is very interesting to me that Gen Zers are saying they want to date more, quote, organically. Instead of meeting at a bar or club, they meet through mutual followers or shared communities on Instagram. And a lot of the people who were interviewed for this article said that vetting someone can also be easier on a social platform versus a dating app because you can see their friends, you can see what they eat, (laughs) and even pics of their parents, etc. The other benefit, according to the people they interviewed, meeting over social media also takes off that underlying pressure of something needs to happen between us that comes with dating apps. I hope you're not feeling pressure on dating apps. More on that in a moment. But this all dovetails with a prediction that Instagram released in 2023. They actually surveyed Gen Z social media users in the U.S., they found that more than half feel more comfortable being vulnerable online and over text than in person. I was not surprised by that data, right? Because we've we've heard on the show before, I've talked about the online disinhibition effect. I, I need like points for being able to say that word 10 times fast. And the online disinhibition effect means that you will feel more comfortable under that veil of anonymity on your dating app and say things that you would never say to a person in face-to-face communication. So that raises the question, my friends, is this better? Is it better to be starting communication in a space where you have no inhibitions, where you will openly share about your life, about your friends, about what you're eating? Before you've even met them. And I would say that this is a bit of a double-edged sword. Now, on this show, I have said many times that you should be using social platforms as part of your dating strategy. So we talk a lot on the show about dating apps. We talk about meeting IRL. And then there's this third major bucket of the online world that you could meet in that's not specifically a dating app. Online gaming, social platforms, you can meet on Twitch, you can meet in a Facebook group. There are so many ways to have a robust dating playground to, you know, play in. But I'm going to give you, this is the real perspective flip. This is the real light bulb moment that I'd like to propose in today's episode. (laughs) We're going to go very meta here and not in the Facebook terms. What if it's all the same. What if there is no, quote, online dating now? What if it is all just a construct? (laughs) Here's what I mean by this. I think that the integration line between our IRL lives, in real life lives, and our online lives is disappearing. So now we are living our lives in the real world, also in the social media world, also in the 
app world. Also, very soon, in the very immediate future, in the augmented reality world. And then it's just a hop, skip, and a jump to the virtual reality world. This is not science fiction, and this is not in the future. This is literally happening imminently right now. And so I see this just in the way that we live our daily lives. Like, for example, I was just traveling this week. I didn't have to think about how I was going to get to the airport after this conference I hosted because I have an app on my phone. It's called Lyft or Uber or whatever one you like. Maybe you're an Alto person. I don't know. But I have, because of my device, I have an on-demand transportation option at my fingertips at any time, basically. I know depending on where you live, it may be harder to get one. But okay, you get the point. The point is that I am now seamlessly integrated with my technology. And we forget how just a few years ago, if you wanted to get home from a date or you wanted to get to the airport or or do something spontaneous, you were limited in your spontaneity. And technology is now integrated in my life in a way that I don't even think about that former worry that I used to have. Another example, now Amazon. You think it, you buy it. And it's there, I would say in two days, but now Prime is like, you think it, you buy it, it's basically on your doorstep in a minute. So that technology has now become seamlessly integrated into our lives. Same with social media. I'm out at a place, I take a photo. If I don't take a photo and post it, did it even happen? We will never know because this is now how we live our lives, simultaneously in person and also in the virtual world. You still with me? So let's talk about how that relates to dating now because I still see a lot of reminiscence about this beautiful time in dating that I'm not sure any of us actually live through. Like we're really nostalgic for a thing that many of us never had in real life. Like, I just want to meet someone organically out in the grocery store or just, you know, while I'm walking my dog. I just want to to magically cross paths with them and have it just happen and instantly know. And maybe it's because of seeing too many rom-coms and reading too many fairy tales or hearing stories from our parents or our grandparents' generation because they didn't have the option to meet people in the virtual world. They only had their local community. So yeah, you had to be scouting out here at the grocery store, but that's not the world that we live in today. <laughs> I know prior to online dating, when I was out in, in the world, that wasn't happening to me all that much. Sure, it happens, but it's not particularly common. And now going back to we are living in the virtual world or the you know online platform world simultaneously with the real world, now it's much harder for those magical interactions to occur because we're all staring at our phones all the time. I send my clients out to a bar or a mixer, they can't meet anybody because no one's making eye contact. They're all looking at their phones to see who they might match with, who's close by, who might be at the same event. If they just opened their eyes and looked around, they'd be right there. <laughs> so we have a choice. We can be mad about it. We can be nostalgic for a magical thing that only existed in rom-coms and fairy tales. Or we can say, 
I'm not going to draw distinctions between whether I meet them on Instagram or on a dating app or in real life at a party or in the grocery store, which statistically speaking, less than 1% of people meet in the grocery store. So it's just, it's, it's, that's a fantasy land. The reality land is this blend between our online and our IRL experiences. So let's go back to the beginning. So Gen Z is on to something because they are now seeing that there is the opportunity to connect in Instagram in a way that I think many people didn't necessarily think of before. Originally, social networks were created to connect with your friends, your existing friends and friends of friends. And now with the way Instagram and TikTok use their algorithm and the way that they're designed, it's not that anymore. You're already living out in the real world, but you're doing it on Instagram. So what would happen if you stopped thinking of this is IRL dating and this is online dating? And you just thought of it all as dating. There's so many tips I want to share with you about how to slide into the DMs. But you know what? We did like a whole episode on that. So if you want to go back to my interview with Nick Vile from The Bachelor, we talked about the right way and the wrong way to slide into the DMs. But one quick tip you'll note from this article, they talk about how Gen Zers often will strike up a casual conversation using posts, stories, or reels as a jumping off point in the DMs. It's an excellent idea. It's actually something we talked about in my Dating Accelerator program last week. It's part of my Texting 10 Commandments. I always say you should use multimedia, GIFs, links, pictures. That helps connect and foster connection in the online space because then you're making additional connections and you're not just relying on words on the page. But I also would caution you of something that this article mentions, that Instagram profiles and dating profiles, they are both curated in some way. And you're seeing what the person wants you to see. And Sometimes you might see something on Instagram that doesn't necessarily align with what you found on a dating app. And I traditionally haven't been a big fan of linking your dating app to your Instagram because I knew I knew that this was how Gen Z was dating for a while, that you you match, but then you want to get additional information. But you just have to remember that sometimes you're taking that information in out of context. And whether you're meeting IRL on a dating app, on a social platform, just remember that the goal is still face-to-face, in-person, human connection. And it doesn't matter necessarily which tool you use to get there as long as you keep driving towards that. That's when we have lost. If we lose that in-person, face-to-face, real, true connection, that's when we have lost. But Based on this article and based on everything that I have researched and told you today, I think we can only win if we start to expand our understanding of where we can meet our match. Whew, a lot of food for thought, folks. And there's more coming up after our break. We will have Anna Burt and Kitty Winks here to talk all about the ick. Welcome, welcome to all of our new listeners who found us Valentine's Week. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so happy to be your online dating, offline dating, all kinds of dating Sherpa. But if you are on the dating apps, 
you know, there's a right way and a wrong way to use them. And I don't want you breaking too much of a sweat. I want you to have a dating profile that magnetizes the right dates to you. And that's why for a limited time only, I have a free gift for you. It's called the Profile Starter Kit. And you can find it right here on our website, datesandmates.com. It has question prompts and profile templates to help you write a winning profile, as well as a short tutorial video on how to choose the best dating profile photos to tell your story. And best of all, the whole thing is free. All you have to do is go to datesandmates.com, scroll down until you see that picture of profile starter kit, click the button, give me your email, and it will be in your inbox instantly so you can get on your way to more matches, better quality dates, and a more successful and fulfilling time on dating apps. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back. Anna Burt is the host of the podcast, The Brighton Book Club. Kitty Winks has been featured in Mashable and Stylist Magazine. And together, they are now co-authors of The Little Book of Ick. Please help me give big smooches to Anna Burt and Kitty Winks. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, thank you so much for having us, Jemina. I'm so excited to talk about your book and uh, the the icks that go along with it. <laughs> the Little Book of Ick is your book. First of all, before we even get into what the icks are, can you describe what the ick even is for our listeners? I feel like the ick is when you're dating someone and they do something completely inane and innocuous on the face of it. And then from that moment forward, they're completely physically repulsive to you and you can't get past it. Okay, so what inspired you, Anna, to write this book together? Well, Kitty is younger and a lot cooler than me. Um, and during lockdown, during the pandemic, we went for a walk and we were talking about dating and situationships. And Kitty was telling me about the it. And I hadn't heard of it, but as soon as she described kind of what it was, I thought, oh my gosh, of course I've been getting this my whole life. I work in book publishing, that's my speciality, and I have a terrible habit of saying, oh, that should be a book, and, uh, but I said it. And, um, and we worked together just kind of back and forward, putting together the proposal, and we were really lucky because it got picked up really quickly. It does feel very timely, and I feel like since I got the book, I am seeing the ick everywhere. I'm seeing people talking about <laughs> the ick everywhere. So let's talk about the ick, because... It's not the same for everyone, right? We definitely came up against, in, in creating the book, Kitty would say something that gave her the ick, and I was like, absolutely not, what are you talking about? And vice versa. So it's very personal to you, but there are some kind of big universal ones. What about for you, Kitty? How did you identify the icks that were going to resonate for people? I think anyone who is actively dating will have sort of some in their repertoire that they know if they see someone do on a date or anyone that they're living with or out and about with doing things that you know that that will just immediately set you off. But I think also social media has really kind of held it together in its way. And that's what kind of inspired the book really is 
the ick has kind of been utilized by people on social media as a way to actively help you get over someone. So I did it, you know, coming out of a relationship out of lockdown. I was like, I was using ick videos on TikTok to try and make him physically repulsive to me. And it works. So there's lots of different ways that it can be used and should be used. I feel like every person who is single and actively dating new people all the time, actively just kind of on the scene as it were, but always have a couple of things that they know will always trigger the ick for them. That's an interesting thought because it did make me wonder as I was reading the book, you're always seeing the ick. I'm always seeing red flags. <laughs> like People are like, is this a red flag? Is that a red flag? And I feel like we can make anything into a red flag if we're looking for it. So I wonder how much of this is sort of capturing what we're already feeling or how much of it is looking for an ick to attach to just basically not wanting to date someone. <laughs> it's a chicken and egg situation. Anna, do you think we are icking ahead of <laughs> ourselves? Yeah, I mean, that's such a good question. I think I would say the difference between icks and red flags is that red flag is something that would kind of genuinely concern me and be more about someone else and my own kind of feeling of safety in a relationship or situationship. Whereas the icks are something that I think that is kind of like your body's way of, of telling you that this person isn't quite right for you. So for instance, two people that I would be dating could do exactly the same thing. And one, it would make me repulsed and I can never come back from it. And the other one I think was really cute. So mm-hmm. like, I think it completely depends on the person. I do. I mean, Kit has Kit has views about this too, don't you, Kit? Yeah, I mean, I think something we have both always said is that the ick is a physical manifestation of something that is already subconsciously there. I think, you know, you can read all 500 of these icks in the book plus more. And if you're in a relationship, absolutely obsessed with them or, you know, really into someone, you'll see that as something endearing or funny, not something that evokes that physical repulsion and feeling of like oh we can't see past this I think I've only ever really got the ick for someone that I think subconsciously I wasn't a hundred percent sold on anyway and it's kind of the manifestation Mm -hmm. of that I do maintain if you're really into someone you won't get the ick in this form that we're talking about yeah I I agree with you on that it it is sort of well it, it kind of dovetails with something that I tell clients to do Anyway, I've been talking a lot about getting in touch with your intuition, which some of my clients kind of look at me sideways and they're like, lady, (laughs) (laughs) just tell me how to swipe. But, you know, I think sometimes we're not in tune with our bodies and our bodies are giving us signals. And sometimes that signal is the ick that you can't explain. And I love how you've broken it down in the book to specific sources. But sometimes I think the ick is just that that intuition from our body saying, red alert, this isn't the person. But I do love, Anna, how you also separated it from red flags, because I do think these these are different. A lot of times people will write into me and say, is this a red flag? And now I have the lexicon to be able to say, no, this is not a red flag, actually, but this is the ick. (laughs) (laughs) And please buy this book. (laughs) And buy the book, so you know. But I really loved also in the book how you kind of weave through various levels of icks. So some of them are cutting up their food into chunks or, you know, just doing something dorky or silly, saying, hey, you. But some of them really are very serious, like sulking about wearing a condom 
which I don't think is silly or frivolous at all, is actually very serious and should give you the ick. It wasn't conscious, I don't think particularly. I think it was just that these are things that have kind of, a lot of them have happened to us and a lot of them have happened to other people. And I think that, yeah, some of them may be closer to straddling what a red flag would be, because I agree, you know, spitting out their gum and it missing the rubbish bin is very different to someone, you know, refusing to have protected sex. You know what I mean? So I do think that there are some in there. It's kind of scattered with a few that could be, yeah, could be interpreted or would be more serious. But in general, they are more mundane and not necessarily rational things, like ordering a mocha, which I do often. That was one of mine. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like mochas? I insisted on that going in the book because they just upset me deeply. So I'm just like, order a coffee or order a hot chocolate. Just make a decision. Just make a decision. Like there's something (laughs) about it that just doesn't, it just doesn't sit with me. If I saw a man on date ordering a mocha, I think I'd leave. It would be curtains for me. <laughs> That's terrible. How do you feel hearing that, Anna? Does that does that bring something up inside you as a mocha drinker? Well, no, because it's funny, which is also something to always remember. And we kind of put a disclaimer in the book that it is just fun. So, like, it's not that deep. But um, we, we did another podcast recording, and uh, we got there, and they opened the book and said, Oh, number 84, recording a podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) But I think it was the idea of meeting a man and asking him what he did and him saying that he hosts the podcast. That's what gave us the gig. No, I understand that. It's like when people, I would say that when people say they're an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or in, I live in Los Angeles with people who say, I'm a producer. And I have a friend who is a comedian. He was like, he was like, here's my card. I'm a producer. I'm a producer. And he was like, the only thing you produced was this card. <laughs> That's so funny. And Same. also when um, my friend Laura has one where if anyone just calls themselves a creative, it just really gets her. <laughs> what kind of creative? That is so open-ended. And some of them were really specific, ladies. Some of them were really specific. When they get dressed from the top down and their genitals (laughs) hang out. (laughs) I haven't seen it. (laughs) You are so lucky, Damona. Is that because my husband puts his underwear on first? Yeah, that's because they're meant to put underwear first. Yeah, that's normal. That's that's the correct way. Okay, so I'll tell him that he didn't give me the ick. But what about thrusting their penis up and down really fast when they get out of the shower than laughing? That's even more specific. Is that you, Kitty? Did you did that happen to you? That genuinely wasn't. I don't know where that one came from. The only one in my head that has a really vivid source was when I was at Anna's house and we were writing it and Anna went to go and fill up her ice cube tray. And I was like, there's something about that that just makes me feel a bit ill. (laughs) And I just think that's ridiculous. (laughs) There's something about it because it was just like you're carrying it and like shaking. You're trying not to spill the water everywhere. And I was just like, if a man I was dating did that, (laughs) (laughs) it just it wasn't good. I feel like the folks out here don't they don't stand a chance. (laughs) There's around every corner. 
It has not done wonders for my dating life when I tell people I co-wrote this book. I don't know how get I don't tell people very early on, but Kitty Kitty has it like up front, like I've written a book about the ick. I make them buy it before I go out on a date with them. I'm like, like educate and then we can go on a date. But no, I think it's funny because it is, to be fair, it has kind of hindered my dating life because everything kind of repulses me now. But it's just funny because it's just like no one should take some sides of dating too seriously and it just goes show how kind of vacuous we all are and you know anything can kind of trigger it and there's no shame in that I don't think there's any shame in being picky so we're both single needless to say if that wasn't abundantly clear (laughs) (laughs) no but (laughs) it does sort of clarify a point that I was making earlier you get what you focus on right Mm. so if you're looking for red flags you'll see them everywhere and you had to be looking for icks everywhere because you were writing this book. And so now you're seeing them everywhere. But I would say, Kitty, that I believe also in the power to to shift your thoughts and that focusing on something else could bring you something different, something other than icks. So I'm going to hold out hope for that. I hope so. The trouble is now the men are focusing on the icks. Like every man I go on a date with now who knows I've written this book is quaking. They're like, I'm so scared. I'm going to do something (laughs) that's going to put you off. Yeah. And then they're going to be in the sequel. Exactly. (laughs) The big book. That's the main comment I get now. Like with any guy who I'm about to go on a date with, they're just like, oh, just please don't put me in the next one. That's all I ask. (laughs) That's all I want. Can't guarantee that. Sorry, love. Exactly. <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious if there were any that were really big icks for you all as you were writing it. There's a couple for me that are the ones that I always cite when I'm talking about this book because they're the ones that I think have really stuck with me. Um, the first, because it's something that you see quite a lot when you're out on dates, is someone being sat on a bar stool and their legs are swinging. Like that for me just sends me absolutely sideways. Just couldn't think of anything worse Seriously? honestly if just like rest your feet on something oh my god um and then wait 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 (laughs) I'm gonna unpack that I'm a dating coach kitty I'm not no we're not moving on yet because I want to know what is underneath that first of all I feel personally attacked because I'm a short person and sometimes I can't reach (laughs) actually every time I do the Drew Barrymore show and I, I say where am I sitting because they have these like cute little chairs that fit me perfectly and then they have these high chairs that I literally feel like a four-year-old because I can barely <laughs> touch them <laughs> but I wonder I wonder if you know as a woman dating men if there's something kind of emasculating in that I don't know I just think it feels more childlike because it's the same with women as well but it's just something I see quite a lot because I love a short man like we love a short king here so typically again same thing legs cannot fit (laughs) so they can't reach and that's fine but I'm like at least keep your legs stationary there's something about the legs swinging that just really gets me (laughs) I'm sorry just sit. Okay, I will keep that in mind. Now we are coaching <laughs> each other here. <laughs> I will keep my legs together and just, just sit still. What about for you, Anna? What What's your big ick? <laughs> for me, it's the way that people deal with things after they do it. So, for instance, 
walking with an umbrella and it blowing inside out. Like that can happen to anyone. It happens to me whenever it's windy and I have an umbrella. But if I was seeing someone and they, they took it really seriously and they're like, oh my God, can't believe that happened and just like got really huffy about it. Whereas if someone just laughed about it, I would say that I, um, I mean, <laughs> I'm a bit less fussy than Kitty. Um, and I mostly, I reckon, um, could forgive could forgive most of them but I'm trying to think about things that really give me ick and and one of the things is an ex of mine he didn't get his own way once and he stamped his foot and just went into a sulk and I just in that moment I just thought how is this my life and what am I doing and broke up with him quite soon after you know when there's a foot stamp sulk it's next level (laughs) yeah that makes sense and that also it really does align with who is this person and when they're under pressure or were they when they are met with any kind of challenge or confrontation how do they deal with it and i can say to you from the other side ladies from marital bliss those things do really actually matter they they matter a lot more than their genitals hanging out <laughs> while they're getting dressed but you know those kind of things that tell you about who that person is really can be windows into what your future relationship could be with that person. Were there any more icks that you wanted to call out, Kitty? Because I feel like I I went into the coaching mode. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to cut you off. You immediately saw me and was like, okay, red flag, that's a lot to deal with. (laughs) No, this is just, I can't turn it off. (laughs) Um, I think one, do you know what? An interesting one, one that isn't necessarily one that I see a lot, but an ick, because I don't think I've ever actually seen someone do it in reality, but an ick from the book that I use to help me get over someone is imagining someone lying on their front in the bath. Like every time for me psychopathic behavior <laughs> see i think that's cute <laughs> like their little bum sticking out no uh, no look let me tell you something i have been doing this show for 10 years and i'm not sure i've ever been speechless <laughs> before today thank you i will take that that's going on my resume <laughs> You're welcome. And I'm not even sure what to do with it. Like, I'm like, response. There's no response. Because I'm thinking, have I done that? I'm sure that this is the experience that the guys that you're dating go through. A hundred percent. This is one, like I said, I've never actually seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it in person, thankfully. But in situations (laughs) where I've been trying to use X to try and evoke feelings of repulsion, um, that one just gets me every time or imagining someone just doing the splits randomly (laughs) well here's what I've learned today ladies (laughs) Kitty and I are not compatible (laughs) as much as we adore one another I'm definitely gonna give her the ick and it's not gonna go anywhere from here any final words, Anna, before uh, before we go? Anything else you wanted to add? What I'd like to highlight is uh, one of my favourite sections of the book, which are the games at the end. I think that they are perfect for your bachelorette party, hanging out with the girls, or your gays, or your bays, and um, just really good ways to get to know each other, break down those barriers that we have when we talk about dating and taking away the stigma of being single and maybe a little bit too picky. Thank you so much for joining me, Anna and Kitty. Be sure to follow Anna Burt on Instagram at B T 
nbookclub, and Kitty Winks on Instagram at kitwinks. And do grab a copy of their little book, The Little Book of Ick. <laughs> it's so cute, so fun, so relatable. It's a great coffee table book, a great read with friends, and a wonderful reminder of this beautiful dating journey that we are on. The links will be in the show notes. In a moment, I'll be back to answer the following listener question. My match ghosted me five years ago, and now he's back. Should I try again? <laughs> I'll tell you in a sec. Lovers, 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 I love getting your love questions, and you know I am here to help. Dear Damona. Damona, help me. Shout out to my listener, Melissa, who DM'd me on Instagram. She says, Dear Damona, hi, I love your show. Love you too, girl. She said, I pay for a subscription on a dating app to see all the men who like me. I was scrolling through and I saw a man who ghosted me five years ago in 2017. This man has stood out in my mind because it was genuinely the best first date I've ever had. We were both cracking up the whole time. We stayed at the restaurant until they closed, then went to a wine bar and stayed there until it closed too. He had plenty of opportunities to end the date earlier, but we ended up spending six hours together that night. We kissed a little at the end of the night and I never heard from him again. I messaged him on the app the next day to thank him for a lovely evening and to follow up on what he had suggested as our second date, but he never responded. I feel a little scorned, but I had a really good time with him. Should I give him another chance? Ooh, Melissa, it's no wonder you feel scorned because there are a lot of people out here having bad dating behavior. And I am just going to go ahead and call that dude out for not being an in integrity, asking you on a second date, and then totally ghosting. What a crappy, cowardly thing to do. And I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. And I know there's a lot of listeners right now being like, yeah, that's happened to me. So I'm just going to do a little rewind to what we could do the next time, because I don't know. I mean, I might allow that guy into the DMs and rematch just to see, like, what's your excuse, dude? What do you have to say? But I guarantee, and I'm sorry to be the bearer of uncomfortable news, but you know how you're swiping on the apps and you're meeting multiple people? Yeah, he's doing that too. Everybody's doing it. And so what a lot of people do is they kind of hedge their bets and they're like, I'm going to go out with this girl and that girl and this guy and that, that guy. And then I'm just going to see how I'm feeling in the moment. And maybe, maybe he actually had no relationship intentions at all. And so it's just very easy to have these connections and just to disappear and walk away. That, I would say, is a big difference in the current dating landscape. You know, the difference between meeting someone in your social circle and meeting someone online, whether it's Instagram or, or a dating app, is that there is no, there are, are no tethers to the real world. So there, in many people's mind, there's no consequence for bad behavior. It's not going to like get back to your boss. It's not going to impact your ability to meet somebody else. So, you know, a lot of people are having bad behavior and I'm, I can't control that, but I can help you mitigate that. So when you say to me that you had the best first date you ever had, and I'm, I'm just going to, call out like my system as I've done it for the last 15 years. And you stayed six hours together and you went 
to the and you were in the restaurant until they closed. And then you went to a wine bar and likely drinking the whole time. And look, girl, I've been there too. Like I I have dates before my husband where I'm like, I don't I'm not even really sure what happened. I'm not really sure. Like maybe I know how it started or how it ended, but mm, there's a lot of fuzzy details in there. And that to me says you've lost control of the trajectory of the date. So I just want to reset. And for anyone who's new who doesn't know this, I give my clients on a first date 90 minutes, 90 minutes tops. If you can get it down to an hour, you're golden. But no more than 90 minutes on a first date because you want to leave the date on a high point like there's more to be discovered. Just imagine what would have happened if instead of staying at the restaurant until they're closed and then going to the wine bar, you brought the date to a close when you were in that high point laughing, joking, having a great time. But instead, you extended it because we're afraid to lose when we find something in this great big haystack of the dating world. We, we're afraid to lose that. So we hold on to it and we hold and we drink more and we say more and we may overstay our welcome. Or we may just reveal things about ourselves that that person really wasn't ready to hear, that maybe they didn't earn. And so we develop this false sense of intimacy that may not be there when we sober up, when the, when the dust settles and in the light of day. And I, I can't tell you for sure that that's what happened, but I can say that you will definitely feel more in control of your dating life if you are calling more of the shots yourself. If you're deciding where your boundaries are and how much you want, how much time you want to give to another person and how you want to follow up with them rather than, you know, like the tell for me is he had plenty of opportunities to end the date earlier, but we ended up spending six hours together that night. Just hear that. I just want you to hear that, Melissa. You had plenty of opportunities to end the date earlier. What would happen if you put yourself more in the driver's seat of your own dating life? Up to you if you want to give this guy another chance. I'll pre-record his voice memo to you. It's going to say something like, Melissa, hey girl, I saw you here and I was so happy to see your picture again. I had such a great time with you five years ago, but you know, I really wasn't in a place to have a relationship then, but I thought we could give it another chance. And then you go out with him again and you probably find yourself in a similar situation. You know, maybe not on the first date, maybe not on the second date. But, you know, we're nostalgic for the good points, but we tend to suppress the bad points. And it sounds like this guy puts you in a lot of pain in an uncomfortable situation when he ghosted you and never responded. So I don't know if that's fair. I don't think that's fair to you, but you have all the info now and you get to be in control of your dating destiny and chart your path to the relationship that's going to be most fulfilling for you. So, so I leave you with that and I thank you so much for your question because I know there are a lot of people listening who have been in similar situations and can absolutely relate to this experience. I hope you all enjoyed episode 451 of Dates and Mates. If you have a question like Melissa, go ahead and send me a DM. You can type it to me or leave me a voice memo. I love to hear your voices. 
Hit me up at Damona Hoffman on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or give me a call anytime, day or night, 424-246-6255. Or if you're feeling that online disinhibition effect and you'd rather text me, that number also works for text, 424-246-6255. We'll be back next Tuesday with divorce attorney Renee Bauer who's seen a few relationships go sideways and has a lot of insights to share with us about new beginnings. Until then, I wish you happy dating.